Time to Travel with Karen Key. And a very good evening to you and welcome to this week's edition of Time to Travel. Well, on the show this evening, we'll be heading off to the KwaZulu-Natal South Coast to find out about the new look and feel croc world, which has recently undergone a massive transformation. And I'll be joined on the line there by Martin Rodriguez, and he's Croc World's Conservation Centre Manager. Monica Elias will be in studio and she'll be telling us all about the brand new Wine Tourism South Africa Handbook for 2013. Luke Dale Roberts is a, name synom- is a name synonymous with the finest, most creative and innovative food in Cape Town. And one of the relatively new destinations in Cape Town, the Old Biscuit Mill, is the venue for his new venture, the Potluck Club. Now, he'll be joining us a little later to tell us about this new addition to the food scene in Cape Town and apparently also in Switzerland. And besides all this, there will be news from AFCON and other bits and pieces of travel information. And if you need any information about something you hear on Time to Travel this evening, you can find it on Facebook. Just go to Travel on SAFM. But if you'd still like to contact me directly, you can email me on travel at safm.co.za. Well, that's the lineup for this evening. I do hope you'll stay with me and enjoy the show here on SAFM. Time to Travel with Karen Key. Well, the winelands are the third most visited tourism attraction in South Africa, and apart from the wine, their offerings range from things like food and family fun to art, events and outdoor activities. Well, Monica Elias is the founder of Wine Tourism South Africa, and she joins me now. Monica, good evening. Welcome back to the show. Great. Thanks for having me again. It doesn't seem so long ago we were talking about the Clink Awards in the previous edition, and now there's a brand new edition out. Well, we were in the process. We waited for the Clink winners and then we went to print. So it came out in December and it's in all major bookstores and online. Well, this one, having looked through it, there's a lot more in this edition. Yes. Tell us what's new. Well, we've broad, we've we've broadened our content. We're starting to look at smaller cellar doors that produce wines of 5,000 5, 5, bottles, under 5,000 bottles. Or cases, cases, sorry. Okay. <laughs> so just to give the consumer just a different look, to, to see how the smaller guys operate and look for something more authentic. Yeah. And, and there's, there's lots of other things you can learn about wine. I actually quite enjoyed that because I learned a whole lot of stuff that I thought I was very knowledgeable. Well, not very knowledgeable, but I thought I was knowledgeable enough. But I've learned quite a lot more learning because you explain a well, lot more. Hand, what I found is very interesting. The handbook is basically to guide... Wine lovers, you don't have to be an aficionado. So we've got a a wine terms directory. We tell you about how to use the handbook. We've this year, going back to what you said, what's new, we've started with restaurant reviews with icons and then Graham Howe very much helped us put that together. I think our listeners know him very well. Yes. And yeah, I think for, for me now it's to, to broaden the book and then wine tourism is growing at an exponential rate and there's lots of offerings. I mean, it's 288 pages, but we have to cull quite a lot. So we really choose the best of in, in the book. And you've done it's all done in regions and mm. you've got things like places to stay and things to do. So it's not all about the wine. It is really much a family guide to the areas. Well, I think it, it's a little bit of Everything for everybody, whether you a you just love wine or you an outdoor enthusiast that you want to go mountain biking or you just want to picnic or go with the family or you've got your in-laws. There's so much available, but it's how do you get all that information into to one book? It would be an encyclopedia, yeah, but it is. It's a mini encyclopedia, but we have chosen the best of, especially the things to do on the smaller routes. There's amazing things to do. 
Give us some ideas, some of the, of your top ones. Well, I think if you're into mountain biking, there's trails in the Butlery Hills. Um, and river boating, you can have a picnic on a river boat in, in Robertson at the Fulluns Drift. I've done that. It's wonderful. That's amazing. It's mate. amazing. It is. It's great. Oh, and there's so many new cellars that have they've opened up. Van Leuveren have just revamped and have got an amazing new cellar. So it's, it's this book is to keep up with the market of all the different experiences. I mean, you can go and do Sabrage, um, and that's where they use cut the, the big sh- sword, sword to mm. cut the champagne uh, corks off. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot. And I'm on the spot to think, oh, what no, more the, can the, talk But the, about? the thing about the book that I really have always enjoyed is the size of the book because it's, mm. it's perfect for your handbag. If, if like mm. me, you have a rather large handbag. <clears throat> or you can pop, pop it in the cubby hole. It's something mm. that you can actually leave in the car. And when you go off on the weekends or you come down to Cape Town on holiday, just make sure you have one in your car, your rental car, whatever you have. And you can actually go and do all sorts of things. But the reason why it's a soft cover is that you can flick through it while you're driving. It's much easier well, to passenger can hopefully yes, yes. yes. <laughs> it's much easier to manage the book and flick through quickly and hence the colored coding yes if it was it, a hard if it was a hardback it's very easy to follow the things mm. in here and you know all, as i said it's it's done in different areas i mean you've got darling for example and then you give all the different sellers walker bay which is that's the hermanus sort yes. of area and yes. it's got Stanford. all the sellers and and where you can go and what you can do in the restaurants you've got as you said now it's a mm. new edition there's mm. where to stay you've picked up some things and then you've got little blocks which is really nice very bright blocks for example i'm looking at walker bay now and it says what to do and there's things like adventures for land and sea it tells you I mean, everybody probably knows you can go whale watching there and at bushard finlayson you can go for nature walks and there's fishing you can go and catch Yun and Yo, and then there's the wine village and you know there's all sorts of things and then you do this doing the right thing on this particular page about the hurtbos foundation the conservation of and of biodiversity in the area so you know it's, it's full of Really interesting information. Well, the whole idea is to be a reflection of what the industry is. And there is a lot of stuff that is going on, I think, with ethical seals, with nature conservation, with green wines. Not that it's green, but it's made in an organic way. So we try to reflect that in the pages. And that's what we've done this this year is we've really taken the personalities of the roots and we've created the content around those personalities. So for Paul, it's a prehistoric home to wine, cheese and culture. And then we follow with what you should, shouldn't miss when you're on the route. And also talk about the, the feel of, of the route, what you can expect. I think that's what makes our wine region so, from a global point of view, you can do 19 wine regions in three days. You can have different terroirs. Nowhere else in the world you'll have to catch a plane to have different kinds of wine regions. So that's what makes South African wine industry so unique. It's one of our biggest selling points is that the close proximity of all the different wine routes. And what, what before you go this evening, the, the Clink Awards, are those happening again this year? Yes, very, very much so. We're in the planning stages now. And yes, if you... Join us or follow us on Twitter. That's Wine Tourism SA, or like us on Facebook. You can find our Clink updates, and also every day we're updating on events, festivals, things that are happening, new places. And that people can get involved. The Clink Awards they are made. You can actually see there's yes. a range of different categories, and yes. you can get to to vote. Yes, and if you vote, you potentially can win lots of prizes. So go to winesa.com. Your wine tourism, oh, wine tourism South Africa. Is, is it 
www.ruth.co.za yeah. or Facebook or Twitter. Yes. And then they can go and have a look to see what's going on there and join in the fun and vote. And you can possibly also, um, you know, win some prizes, as you said. Yes. Great. Sounds wonderful, Monica. I wish you much Thanks. success with the new edition. Thanks, Cara. And I uh, look forward to the next one and to the Clink Awards coming up not too too long in the distance. I'm sure we'll be seeing Lots of work. Yes. Lots of work. Monica Elias is the founder of Wine Tourism South Africa and publisher of the Wine Tourism South Africa 2013 Handbook. For more information, take a look at the website. It's www.winetourismsouthafrica.co.za or you can find them on Facebook. Tice and Excite's guests, Chef Luke Dale Roberts has done it again, well, this time with the Potluck Club, which started life, as, I can, as far as I can make out, as a pop-up restaurant at the neighborhood goods market. Well, it's now coming to life in the old biscuit mill in Woodstock in Cape Town as a fully-fledged restaurant. But not forgetting its roots, the pop-up version is popping up on the international scene at Switzerland's hottest ski destination, Verbier. Luke, good evening. Welcome to the show. Hi, how are you doing? Well, I'm doing very well. You must be really busy. This whole thing happens next week on Valentine's Day. Yeah, no, super busy. Very, very busy. I've just actually run out of service to, to, to give this, um, to do this interview. So, yeah, busy with Test Kitchen, busy building with Potluck Club, you know, busy with everything. So this sounds to me, Luke, like it's going to become the hot new destination in Cape Town. I, well, I hope so. Eh? I think we put a lot into it. Um, we actually opened the Potluck Club next to the Test Kitchen um, last year in November, and we ran it for nine months, and people loved the whole vibe. And, um, and that's why we decided to move it upstairs onto the roof of the silo. And in the interim, we had the, the pop-up at the market. There's been a really good opportunity for us to try out all different dishes that we, we're doing, all new dishes and get some good feedback from guests on what, what is good, what's, what we need to tweak. And so I think it's going to be fantastic. The views are unbelievable. The, the, the cooking method that we're going to be using is going to be something different. Um, and, yeah, I think it's, it's yeah, something different. So I mentioned it started life as, as a pop-up restaurant, and I, I said that there, you have one now in Switzerland. For those who don't understand exactly what that is, do you explain what a pop-up restaurant is? Because it's a relatively new concept, isn't it? Yeah, no, sure, absolutely. We, we, um, we've actually got the potluck running in Verbier at the moment in a ski resort in Switzerland. Um, it will run for uh, four months during season. And, um, and then it will close again. And what's actually brilliant about the pop-up concept is you can take a restaurant, um, you know, a restaurant that's doing well, and then you can put it into uh, an empty space, essentially. And, um, and it's just a fun thing. It's just a, a nice, interesting way of people trying something different without the enormous investment of an actual restaurant building. So it's there for a short while, disappears, and could potentially come back, or it could pop up somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. We've got, I mean, we've got people that want to try it out in another country now, in Europe as well, and, um, and the one in Verbi is going incredibly well. So I think there's a really good chance that we'll, we'll do it again next year and, um, and, and go on from there, you know. It's a really good way of putting your feet in the water and seeing, you know, how... How it feels, you know. Now you've you've opened. Well, you're going to be opening up the new version of Potluck Club at the old bus biscuit mill that's in Woodstock in Cape Town, and it's very much a an area that seems to have been revitalised because for a long time it was quite dead and there was nothing happening, and then they sort of did something with the old biscuit mill, which has become quite the place. Yeah. And you part of this new revitalised Woodstock? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think the big one of the big significant changes for Woodstock was when they started the market on the Saturday, the neighbor goods market. I think that brought a heck of a lot of people 
the short journey out of town to the biscuit mill and people realize that there's just some incredible stuff happening here in terms of architecture um, and I think it's the same thing that's happening in a lot of um, capital cities around the world where you know young um, aspiring entrepreneurs um, seek to go a little bit out of the the CBD to, to get better rents and the result is there's more character there you know there's a lot more character in some of those suburban areas whether it's New York's meatpacking district or or Cape Town's Woodstock you know it's it's just something different it fits very much into the whole concept of, of Cape Town having been awarded the design capital of, of the world a couple of years to go still for that. But yeah. that kind of fits into all of that, this sort of new development and the new the, re, the, the resurgence of, of old areas that seem to have lost the plot a couple of years ago. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's, yeah, it totally fits the, yeah, it fits the bill, I would say. And, and Woodstock, uh, I love Woodstock. I mean, people said I was a total lunatic to open a restaurant here two years ago and and as i was opening i had people saying why on earth would people come to woodstock you know it's 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 dangerous it's this it's that but actually it's safe because you drive through the boom and you park your car in a safe place you're probably safer than you would be in town and um and i think people are actually it's like an outing you know it's like let's drive to woodstock because it's it's a bit more edgy and it's a bit cooler in a way so, yeah. So, Dan, let's talk about what's going to be on the menu. I said you're opening on Valentine's Day. So, do you tell what's on the menu. Oh, we've got lots of new stuff going. We've actually broken the menu up. The, the original potluck menu, we had about 30 dishes on. Um, we've got, we're going to do about 30 dishes in the new one. We've got 100 dishes that we've got as a bank at the moment. And we're taking... <coughs> what we've done is we've split the, 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 the menu into... Um, the different flavor profiles, so you've got salty, sweet, sour, bitter, and umami. So when you sit down, you can, you can kind of, with the waiter helping you, you can build your evening, so to speak. You can start off with something salty, and then you can have something a little bit sour, and then you can kind of take yourself on this journey. And we're going to be um, incorporating um, some Asian flavors. I spent a lot of time in Asia, so I, I, one of my things is, is Asian flavors which I'm going to be concentrating on more up there than the test kitchen now going forward. Some Middle Eastern flavors, some classic French, some Italian, some... So it's really a little bit of everything. But the wonderful thing about, you know, the, the sharing plates concept or the tapas concept is it, you can just kind of put yourself in one country and one region for a little bit and then you can have a rest and have another cocktail or a sip of beer and then you can go off somewhere else. So it's, it's a nice, fun, fun concept to explore. Who came up with some of the dishes on this menu? Because I was looking through just some of them. Um, things like, for example, popcorn, malted popcorn ice cream and peanut butter semifreddo, peanut butter nougat. I mean, my mouth is just sitting, I'm sitting in water, my mouth is watering. Yeah, no, sure. That, uh, those, that, um, the malted ice cream, the popcorn malted ice cream, that's one of my, oh, it's actually going to be the head chef, Wesley Randalls, who's going to be running the kitchen up there. He came up with that idea. And it's actually brilliant. It's, it's just delicious. He's good. He's very, very good with those kind of modern, edgy um, dessert flavors, particularly. So just give me some more idea. I've given people some idea of some of the things, but just can you mention some of the other items on that menu because it is delicious? We're doing, we're doing a nice um, 
we, we're doing a, a whole fillet of beef. We, we, one of the main cooking methods we're using there is, is a, something I learned whilst I was in Asia. It's called a robata grill. So it's a, it's a giant, you know, 1.4 meter long barbecue, essentially, but with all different heights to cook on. So we're doing scallops, robata, robata yaki scallops with, a, with an exo dressing, which is a, a dressing made out of um, um, brandy, walnuts, um, ginger, toasted garlic, all sorts of things. Um, that's going with scallops. Then we've got a nice um, a whole fillet that we rub in Moroccan spice, and then we cook that over the robata and slice it rare with a, a nice burnt aubergine and tahini dressing and squeezed lime over them. Um, well, we've got so many, I can't even think <laughs> of half of them. We've got a whole, we've got these incredible um, um, beef steak tomatoes that have just started coming into the country recently that we're opening up like a kind of a, it's difficult to explain, like an apple into segments, and then we make a maple, olive, and balsamic and sherry and pine nut dressing, and we roast the whole thing on the robata, so a really nice vegetarian option. And then we've kept the best of the classics that we had in the old potluck menu, um, for example, braised, braised pork rib with, um, with a kimchi and a Korean miso dressing. Um, we're going to do beautiful Peking duck spring rolls. So loads, loads and loads of stuff. I could go on all night, to be honest with you. Well, it's opening, as I said, on Valentine's Day, and I know that reserv- you can call for reservations now. Are you full for Valentine's night already? Yeah, we're full. Oh, eh? We're full. <laughs> we're full for I think for about a week or ten days now. But we haven't got the chairs and tables up there yet, so I'm sure there'll be some um, some odd like extra spaces here and there. You know, we've we've been careful not to overbook at all for the first for the first couple of weeks. Just take it slowly and build it up. So now, but, I mean, it's tight, eh? We've been building, I mean, just in earnest since the builders' holidays finished. So, yeah, yeah. everyone's feeling it at the moment, but it's, it's going to be fine. Now, it's not just all about the food and, and, and the location, but also it's very much a design location as well. Tell me a little bit about what you've done as far architecturally with, with the building, with your, where you're going to be having Potluck uh, Club. So, what, with, as was the case with the test kitchen and the, the old pot, like we have collaborated with local designers, um, Peter Eastman, um, a, a, new, a, new, a guy that I've met recently called Ekon uh, Tanya, who's a sculptor, who's done um, some cobbles, uh, like the entrance as you come through the, the up, you come up in the lift and then you come and there's like a cobbled stone entrance. And then in the cobblestone is a bronze uh, manhole cover, which has been cast by um, Otto from Bronze Age, just up the road. And then you've got the cobbled streets, which was done by Ihon Tanya, and then screens by Peter Eastman. Um, woodwork by a, a, a fantastic woodworker. And, um, yeah, I'm going to forget someone now, but there's, there's, other, there's other artists and designers that are, involved in it and and um greg scott architects helped me put it together but i i kind of i'm a bit of a control freak so i kind of put the whole idea together in my head and then the architects helped me to to lay it out and and um make it all real and of course casamento doing the furniture that have done you know the furniture for my other restaurants you haven't mentioned your wife luke my wife my wife of course my <laughs> wife she's doing the chair and she's doing the uniforms
Well, there you, you had to remember that. Luckily, I reminded you. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah. when exactly are you open now? For lunch, dinner, when? Um, I, we will be open for lunch um, as of the week after the um, opening week, and we're open for dinner. Um, yeah, it's, it's basically t- uh, Tuesday to Saturday lunch and dinner, and, um, and we're going to be doing a Sunday brunch, but that will start a little bit later. So, oh, that, so that's not on the cards just yet. So we should just watch the space then, should we? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Okay, so I'll, I'll give out the contact number and the email address for reservations. And if you're interested in the brunch, that you can just keep calling. And at some point, that somebody's going to say, yes, it's starting on Sunday. Yeah, no, we'll probably start <laughs> that in a couple of weeks' time. We just need to, I want to get everything else bedded down properly. And then we'll start with that, yeah. Well, it sounds like an exciting new um, destination, food-wise, anyway, for Cape Townians and for those visiting Cape Town. Now, I wish you much luck with it, Luke. It sounds like an amazing uh, new venture. And uh, I dare not say what's next, because let's just let you get over this one first. No, no, there's nothing next. <laughs> well, that's what that's you say now. But I said that last time. Well, but anyway, no, I think we'll be, we'll be keeping ourselves busy with this for a little while. And just, just quickly, before you go, these pop-up restaurants overseas, are you, do you go and oversee that, or do you have people overseeing it for you, the ones in Switzerland, and you say possibly moving somewhere else in Europe now? Um, well, I've got a guy called uh, Nicholas uh, Wilkinson, um, who, is, um, who worked for me for the whole time that the potluck was open here, and his girlfriend, Selena. They're running the kitchen, and she's running the front of the house. I sent a couple of other guys over there, and uh, we recruited a team in Switzerland and trained them. So I was there for the whole training and the setup, and then they've run it since then. And um, we're getting really good rave reviews coming back. So it's, it's good. You know, there's lots of youngsters coming up and, you know, getting some good opportunities around the world, and, 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 and that's, that makes me very happy as well. Well, I know you said you walked out of service to come and do the interview. I, I think I should let you go back now. But thank you so much for the time, and good luck with the opening next week. Great. Thank you so much. Thanks, Luke. Cheers. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Chef Luke Dale Roberts's Potluck Club will be opening at the Old Biscuit Mill on Valentine's Day. Unfortunately, as he said, it's already full for 10 days, from that date for about 10 days. So if, you, but if you'd like to phone, if you want to go, I suggest you call them as soon as possible to make a reservation. It's 021-447-0804, 021-447-0804, or you can email reservations at thepotluckclub.co.za. And also remember that if any want any of these contact details, you'll be able to find them on the Facebook page. It's travel on SAFM, or if you can't do that, you can email me on travel at safm.co.za. Time to travel with Karen Key. Well, it's time once again to catch up with the latest in the match between Burkina Faso and Ghana at the Mbombela Stadium in Nelspreet. Mo Ali's at the game. Mo, what's the score? Well, it's still 1-0 to uh, Ghana, Karan. Uh, they're just coming out for the second half. Uh, just to remind you, a very controversial penalty awarded by the Tunisian referee to Ghana. And that, ironically, after the Burkinabe were denied a penalty, a much stronger appeal by the Burkinabe in the sixth minute when uh, John Petropa was uh, bundled off the ball by John Boy, the uh, Ghanaian central defender, and the referee waved on play. But uh, eight minutes later, it was uh, the Ghanaians who got a penalty 
when uh, Christian Atsu, a slightest of touch, uh, touches, uh, he went down in the penalty area. But be that as it may, the scoreline is 1-0. But the Burkina Bay will, be, will feel very hard done by with that uh, penalty awarded against them. They certainly have had a few chances of their own. And I must also mention the pitch. It really looks awful. And uh, every time a player goes down, you can see the sand on a sweaty face. And it really looks uh, quite comical at times as well. And uh, not the best of, uh, m- not the most conducive of uh, surfaces to play a uh, Africa Cup of Nations semi-final on. But uh, the second half just underway now and uh, Burkina Faso will try and get back into this game. Remember their only previous uh, semi-final appearance was when they hosted the tournament in uh, 1998 and lost to the eventual winners Egypt by uh, two goals to one. This Ghana's 11th semi-final appearances of which uh, they've won eight and in fact uh, the, for the last four Nations Cups they've uh, reached the semi-finals and uh, hoping to go to their second final in uh, four tournaments. So with uh, two, two minutes gone in uh, the second half, it's uh, the Black Stars of Ghana 1, Burkina Faso 0. Muhammad Ali for SFM Sport. Thanks, Mo, and we'll catch up with him again just before the end of the show. But did you know that for the first time in Nations Cup history, all four semi-finalists are from the West African region? In this evening's match, the one that's currently on, Ghana are seeking to end more than three decades without success at the Nations Cup since their last tournament victory. And Burkina Faso only previously made the semi-finals when they hosted the tournament in 1998. And just a reminder that the losers in this evening's two semi-finals play for the bronze medal in Port Elizabeth on Saturday. Saturday. Time to travel with Karen Key. Well, that was Savage Garden there with Truly Madly Deeply. And uh, we were trying to get hold of Martin Rodriguez at Crockworld in uh, KwaZulu Natal. I don't know if they're having bad weather, but we seem to be having gremlins on the phones. And uh, we're still trying. We're, we're going to keep trying. But while we're doing that, I must tell you, this is actually the most amazing story. Um, there's a woman in Canada. Her name is Jan van der Leeu, And she entered a competition on Facebook. It was called MyCapeTownHoliday.com. And uh, so she was sitting there in the snow and she sent off her Facebook profile to explore the mother city. It's one of the those things. You can actually go and do it yourself if you'd like to. MyCaptonHoliday.com. You sort of put your profile in there and you can go and explore the city sort of through the Facebook page. Well, she hardly imagined that uh, she would be the recipient of an all-expenses-paid holiday to Cape Town for herself and her husband, but she did. She won it. Well, thousands of people played this game. It was an interactive Facebook game, and it was launched by Cape Town Tourism in September last year to promote the destination. The first prize, obviously, was an all-expenses-paid trip to Cape Town, courtesy of Cape Town Tourism and Virgin Atlantic Airways and a second prize was a week-long holiday for a domestic traveller and a third prize of long-haul flights on Virgin Atlantic. Well on December 31st last year the competition closed and the lucky winners of a real Cape Town experience were announced on Friday the 25th of January so it's not just a couple of weeks ago. Well Jan van der Leeu in Canada entered the competition and sent her Facebook profile off to explore the mother city and she wasn't actually convinced. You know I'm, I'm one of those people as well I don't ever believe I'm going to win anything. She, well she wasn't convinced that she would win this fully inclusive trip but she was so keen to come to Cape Town that she booked herself a holiday to Cape Town for herself and her husband for April this year well can you imagine her shock when she was told that she had in fact won the competition and would be visiting Cape Town but not once but twice and uh, when she takes up her prize in the bustling world design
Online Capital Year, which is 2014. So she's going to be visiting us in April this year and coming back again next year. Well, the second prize for a South African of a week-long hosted Cape Town experience went to Nadia Jeffries and Marianne Bitter of the Netherlands won the two air tickets for being the player who got the most friends to play the Facebook game. And Bitter, the woman from the Netherlands, was in Cape Town five years ago and she says she's very excited at being able to... um, return. And uh, CEO of Cape Town Tourism, Mariette Tatoy Helmbold, says that the game has been an exciting project and one which demonstrates the incredible power of sharing on social media. Gaming is a massive global trend right now that almost goes beyond marketing and into a creative play space for a brand. Many of the major tourism destination marketing organizations globally have also begun incorporating gamification, they call it, into their strategies. And um, Cape Town Tourism researched this field extensively before embarking on the campaign, and they've learned a lot, they say, in the process. Well, during the four-month-long campaign, 8,212 people played the Facebook game. Players of the game came from South Africa, the UK, USA, India, and Germany. That's by order of participation. And all players of the Facebook game will now be included on Cape Town Tourism's visitor database and will be given first opportunity to participate in any new campaigns whilst receiving regular updates about new developments and special deals happening here in Cape Town. Well, as of June last year, Facebook was reported to have 955 million active monthly users worldwide. Social media and Facebook in particular has a great influence over consumer choices, especially in the travel sector where visuals and friend recommendations are key. And it's clear that social media is now of paramount importance for travel authorities and Cape Town Tourism has invested much time in researching and developing their online and social media presence. Well, as I mentioned now earlier, the competition is closed, so you can't unfortunately win any of these fabulous prizes. But uh, if you're still into your social media and you like to get involved in these sort of things, you can still send your Facebook profiles to Test Drive a Cape Town Holiday by visiting mycapetownholiday.com. So mycapetownholiday.com and you can have a virtual holiday in Cape Town via Facebook and uh, that amazing website. Well, I have to just tell you, this is actually not a very pleasant story. It's rather unsettling, in fact. It's uh, news from the world of travel. Holidaymakers should think twice before taking their breakfast in bed. New research has suggested that the bathroom is actually the most hygienic place to eat in most hotel bedrooms. And while the prospect of eating a full English breakfast in the bathroom is unlikely to appeal to most travellers, the study found that as bathrooms are regularly and thoroughly cleaned, they usually contain the least amount of bacteria. Mattresses and duvets, however, are rarely cleaned, making them amongst the dirtiest places in the average hotel room. The research, which included a poll of female travellers, was carried out by a company called Check Safety First, and that's a firm that offers health and safety risk management systems to hotels. Now, it claimed that one in five women suffer from some form of illness during a hotel stay, a statistic it says poor hygiene is responsible for. Well, Steve Tate, chairman of Check Safety First, says people often associate illness with the hotel food, but our auditing finds that the room can also be a major cause. With a high turnover of hotel cleaning staff, maintaining high standards is very difficult, with some of the most reputable hotels not living up to these standards. And other places containing a high level of bacteria were things like television remotes and tea and coffee making equipment. Well, maybe just a little note to make you feel better. This survey was not carried out here in South Africa, so hopefully our hotel room situation is a whole lot better than this. I, I, I don't think I could find myself eating my meals in the bathroom, but um, yes, possibly if you're traveling overseas, we can, uh, you know, 
think twice and uh, just make sure that everything is as clean as it is. Because it sometimes looks clean, you know, but it isn't really that clean. So hopefully just double check that. Well, we have for, we don't have much time, unfortunately, but we managed to find Martin Rodriguez. We've got the phones working. Well, let me tell you that Crockwell, the popular KZN South Coast tourist attraction, which welcomes approximately 60,000 visitors a year, has undergone a massive transformation. To tell us more about this, I'm joined now by Martin Rodriguez, Crockwell's Conservation Centre Manager. Martin, good evening. Welcome to the show. Good evening, and um, thank you very much for having me on your show. Pleasure. I'm so sorry. We seem to we just seem to be having problems with the phone lines, but um, in the little bit of time that we have before we need to go back and talk some more soccer, tell me a little bit about what's been happening, because you've refurbished the whole Croc World now, and you've got all sorts of new things happening there. Yeah, for sure. Um, Crockwell, is, uh, Crockwell Conservation Centre has really undergo, undergone a, a major, major revamp. Um, we've still got a lot of work left, and we're actually working towards a relaunch. But um, we have done a lot of changes to the park. We've brought in a, a large um, number of new birds um, full of... Um, different kinds of beautiful birds we've got uh, as well as our snake tunnel we've upgraded a lot of our infrastructure throughout our park as well as we've added a new botanical field to the actual park and we've got an indigenous shade garden with up to 100 species of, of plants which which can actually grow and flourish um, in the shade so we really have you know gone through a lot of changes over the past year or so and you've made it i think also i was reading somewhere that you've actually made it a lot more wheelchair friendly as well that's correct, yes. Um, we do, most of our paths are actually wheelchair-friendly um, wheelchair and all of the customers which are um, physically disabled, if they are utilizing a wheelchair, they can move around the park freely. And you've got lots of things. People think about Crocworld. It's not just crocodiles. As you mentioned, you've, you've increased the number of birds. You've expanded that with a whole host of new species now. And also, but people can come along and there's a snake demonstration. There's an animal farm and a playground, horse rides. There's a, a hawk. What is the Harris hawk demonstration? Tell me about that. All right. Well, it's a North American raptor, um, which we do have at Crockworld. Um his name is Darling, and if you do come to us on weekends together with seeing the snake demonstration at um, 12 o'clock, you'd also get the opportunity to see the Harris Hawk demonstration. Um, he is a glove-trained bird, and he will basically be on the handler's arm, and then the gentleman will just basically give a talk a little bit more about raptors in general. Um, we've also got the crocodile feeding and talk, which happens um, twice a day on weekends, which is at 11 and again at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. You even have shark diving, is that right? Um, at the moment, we are going to be investigating that, and we will actually have that up and running. But yes, definitely, people can contact us regarding that, and we can definitely arrange that for them. And some of the activities that you have are only available during school holidays. I'm assuming that's when most of the children will be coming through to Crockworld. Um, we do do school, um, school tours, which will run every single day of the week without any problem whatsoever. So we invite all schools um, to bring their children through to us, arrange a tour at our park. Um, and we have um, highly trained tour guides, which will take the children throughout the park, show them all of the animals. We'll also do the actual demonstrations for them as well. And you're open seven days a week, Martin? That is correct, yes. And it's, as you said, it's not just a case of coming to see crocodiles, although I'm sure there must be lots of them. Um, so tell me what the highlights are. What are the things that the children most enjoy when they come out there? Well, we've got a very special um, bird. Uh, her name is Isis. She is an African fish eagle, and she's resident there at our park. She's been there since the late 1980s. Um, if you call her, she'll actually... If you just call her name Isis, she'll actually respond to you. That is a big, big hit with most of our visitors who come to the park. We've also got Henry, our um, now crocodile. He is said to be over 100 years old. 
he's a, a sight to see. People really love seeing him. He's nearly five meters in length. And gen- generally also the snakes, the gardens, is just a beautiful setting for people to, to actually connect to nature. And most of our customers and visitors come back to us on a regular basis because they just feel so connected to nature. And it's just a fantastic day out for, for the family. And just to go back to, I mentioned that you'd made some, some well, you have quite a lot of, of, of wheelchair access at Croc World as well. But you've even gone, I mean, as far as the, the children's playground, because you've got equipment that caters for disabled children in the playground as well. That is correct, yes. We, we have um, worked on that and we installed a large um, jungle gym for children, which obviously can, could cater for you know, a school that came through the park where most of their children could now go and play in it. And also we, we thought about the, the children which are handicapped and we have started putting up equipment which they can utilize. Obviously, as time goes on, we will be in, you know, improving a lot of our infrastructures and we are still a work in progress. So we are working towards a you know, long-term goal. It also sounds like a fabulous place for children's parties if parents are looking for somewhere different to take them. That, that is for sure, yes. We do actually have um, children's parties which can be hosted at, you know, at Crockwell Conservation Centre. Um, all, all the visitors actually need to do, all the listeners, they just need to contact um, us at Crockwell Conservation Centre and we can give them lots of information about that. And they, would just, they can look you up on crockwell.co.za. And have I got the right number here, Martin? It's 39 that is correct, yes. And then lastly, just to, 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 to touch on it, we also have our curio shop, which we have, um, we're in the process of upgrading it at the moment. So it's new and improved, and we've got a fantastic French restaurant uh, being run by a gentleman called Julien Leblanc. You People can really have fantastic uh, food at that restaurant. So it's really a complete um, package, and we hope that the listeners will come through and, and spend some time with us there at Crockwood Conservation. Now, I, I believe the restaurant's open 365 days a year, and it was actually listed as one of the country's top 100 restaurants. So it really is right up there with the best. That is correct, yes. Gosh, it so really is. Somewhere different to go if, you, if you're looking for somewhere to go. And I, am I correct in thinking you don't have to pay a park entrance if you're just going to the restaurant? That is correct, yes. Um, people are more than welcome just to go to the actual restaurant. Um, and it's obviously nice for the, the, the visitors who come to the park. They can also go and have a gra- uh, you know, grab a bite to eat at the actual restaurant. But for the visitors who are coming to the restaurant, they don't have to pay any entrance fee into the park. Unless they're going into the park after they've had lunch. That's correct, yes. Okay. It sounds like you've almost, it's almost like a one-stop shop, Martin. You've got something for everybody there. Yes, that is what we, we're hoping to achieve. We, we really want for people to be able to come to us and uh, spend a whole day there. There's lots of different activities for them to do. Um, you know, if we've got all of the animals, the birds, you've got beautiful views where you can actually see the sea. Uh, from the restaurant, you've got a 180-degree sea view. Um, it's just a fantastic, fantastic um, place for, for families to come in and spend the day. It's up to you, depending on what time you've got available, you can spend hours and hours at the park. Well, Martin, I'm very glad we managed to finally track you down. These phones yes. are always a problem. But thank you so much for your time. I'm really great, glad you managed to talk to us this evening. Perfect. Thank you very much um, for the opportunity and uh, a big thanks to all of your listeners as well. Only a pleasure. Thank you for joining us. Martin Rodriguez is Croc World's Conservation Centre Manager. And for more information or to find out about possibly having your children's party there or taking a school group or just going there yourself, you can take a look at the website. It's www.crocworld.co.za. And you can call them on 039-976-1103. That's 039 976 
1103. And as he mentioned as well, they've got this new restaurant that's opened there called Le Rendezvous. And that is open 365 days a year. And you can call them on 039-976-0083. Well, if you're a regular listener to the show, you'll know that I always encourage you to become tourists in your own town or city. And what I'd like you to do is to take a moment and think about the activity or destination in your area that you most enjoy. And that's not something that everyone possibly knows about or would expect to be there. Well, think about something unusual or different that you'd like to share, something you'd like to highlight that makes your town or city so special, something you wouldn't hesitate to recommend to a tourist in your area. Then send me an email to travel at safm.co.za or post something on the Facebook page, which is Travel on SAFM. And as soon as I have a good selection, I'd like to start a feature on the show called My Town. And who knows, I may even call you up and invite you to tell the listeners all about it. So start thinking and drop me a line. 